Episode 4 of the Posting and Toasting Podcast, Friday edition. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Thank God it's Friday, folks. My goodness. It's time for the weekend. Glad you're taking some time out of your weekend. Tune in. Talk some Knicks with yours truly on a Friday as the offseason continues to move on. Full steam ahead and a lot of stuff to get to on the show as always. All right. I want to get to a couple of things on this week's show. Uh, I want to get to some of the USA stuff, uh, USA basketball, how it's affecting the Knicks, how it's affecting the NBA. I want to talk about that. Uh, It's really, uh, I'm I'm split on the issue. I'm really, I really am split. And I want to preface that before I really dive into it later on in the show. I want to dive into uh, one of the big debates of the offseason, which is bigs uh, uh, in comparison to guards being signed by the Knicks. Uh, why there's not enough guards being signed, and, and stemming back to that point guard debate we kind of had on the last show as well, at least the topic of it on the last show also, and it really all stems from topic number one. This happened getting a close to a week ago, uh, and I did want to mention, this is a guy that I've seen plenty of times in college that the Knicks have signed to an Exhibit 10 contract, and it's former Oregon Duck star Kenny Wooten, and he's the latest Nick to kind of come into the fold, I wanted to start off the show with him because it kind of leads into main topic number one, uh, if you will. And let me dive into Kenny Wooten himself first. Uh, Listen, this is a guy that's a center mostly and 6'9", a guy that can jump out of the gym. And at the Vegas Summer League, I I thought really impressed, at least in my eyes. And this is a guy that I've seen in college. This is a guy that went to a Sweet 16 with a 12th seeded Oregon Ducks team that some thought would lose in the first round. And they kind of surprised some people last year. And, and he was a big part of that. And listen, when you watch him play, especially when you see how high he can jump, it doesn't feel like he's only six, nine. It feels like he's a seven footer. And, th- and that is why I think the Knicks gave him a chance. He's a freak athlete. And, and, and I think that, you know, especially in the tournament against uh, or rather the tournament with Oregon against some pretty good competition, you know, beat a fifth seeded Wisconsin team with some pretty good players on it. And then ended up going uh, up toe to toe with the defending na- or with the current national champion, Virginia Cavaliers. Kenny Wooten was blocking shots for fun in that NCAA tournament a season ago. I mean, he was absolutely a man amongst boys in that tournament. And I'm sure the Knicks saw some of that in the summer league. He was fantastic at times really for the Knicks. And I'm sure when you look back at the tape, the stuff probably pops on the tape as well. I mean, just the, the, the passages of play where literally Wooten catches an alley-oop dunk slam. And then on the other end, he's blocking two shots. He it's impressive stuff. And and then when you realize he's only six, nine and at times had to play center a lot for an Oregon team that, you know, is really guard oriented, a team that really relies on guys like a Peyton Pritchard, who's a, you know, a small kid to, to shoot you into games. You need a guy like Kenny Wooten that has that kind of athleticism to do it for you on the defensive end and then be that guy that does it at times for you inside on the offensive end. So Wooten gets a guaranteed 50 G's and as long as he plays 45 days with the Westchester Knicks, should he be cut? from the Knicks 15 man roster. He's going to get that money. And it's a nice little flyer for the Knicks to take here. And listen, 
I think one thing that that's you know a little misleading, and 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 one of the articles I'm looking at about this report is from the New York Post. I want, I want to quote uh, Kenny Wooten's agent Mitchell Butler, and and take the agent's quote uh, with a grain of salt because he is the agent. Uh, but he says that Wooten is a quote top five athlete coming in with running, jumping, and how quick his feet move. Unquote. Listen. He's not a he, when he comes into the NBA. He's not going to be a top five athlete. But in this class, in this class of 2019, it, this is a guy that really flew under the radar. And I think his size might have been part of that. When you see that he's played a lot of center and he's only six nine, that might be a little bit of a question mark. But when you see his tape, when you see him play live, or when you see him play on television, he jumps off the screen. He jumps out of the gym. He's really impressive to watch, and he's got a really good IQ as well on the court, and that's a really good combination to have. And just look at, this is a stat from Oregon that stood out to me. Two seasons at Oregon, he was third all-time in career shot blocking. In two seasons. Now, he could have gone back to Oregon. He could have. He could have returned to the Ducks to play. Some might question that decision, but players feel you know feel out the situation they feel when it's the right time to go he decided this was the time to go and now he's got to deal with those decisions and listen the Knicks only have a max 15 guaranteed contracts Kenny Wooten might not be a guy that plays right away probably won't be but he could be a guy later in the season if he works out with Westchester that you could maybe see getting some NBA looks this season if he works out because he's got some interesting ability on this Knicks team. Now that's the positive of this situation with Kenny Wooten. He's a guy that I've seen play a lot in college. He's a guy that, that from, for the most part, when I've seen him play, he's been one of the most fun and entertaining and athletic players on any floor in college basketball last season and gets the job done for his team in big games got to a sweet 16 a couple of possessions away from knocking out the eventual champions to go to an elite eight so you got to give this this kid some credit here and you could see why the Knicks thought about hey maybe we should bring this guy in see what he can do with Westchester see how long he can last and then if he if he works out with this exhibit 10 deal let's see if we can give him some NBA time and then see, you know, go from there. It's part of this process. You're feeling guys out. Here's where I start to get a little concerned. And it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with Kenny Wooten, in my opinion. Uh, it has more to do with the fact, and we alluded to this a little bit on the last show. It has more to do with the fact that the Knicks brought in another big. Another one. Another big. I'm getting a little concerned, folks, and I know you guys are too. I know you guys are as well. I'm hearing from you on not only the comments, but I've gotten a couple of DMs on social media with people getting very, very concerned, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. This is getting to be a lot of guys. Here's the list of guys 
We're talking front court depth right now. Because, of course, the Knicks missed out on the two free agents, KD and Kyrie. They ended up signing Julius Randle, of course, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris. And listen, these are guys that can do, they, they can guard multiple positions. But it's the three through the five. We're still not addressing the one and the two. Mitchell Robinson is still there. Kevin Knox is still there. They're both expected to play a lot of minutes. That's a lot already, and that's not everybody. This is where I get concerned, and it, and it stems back to one of the questions that has to be answered this season for the Knicks, and it's obvious, but clearly, and this is why I did the last show the way I did it, it's not being addressed. How comfortable are you long-term with Dennis Smith Jr. or Alfred Payton? And I, I, I already addressed part of the Dennis Smith Jr. concerns on the last show. Listen, both guys bring their positives. Dennis Smith's a great athlete. He's a good scorer. He's an, he's an all-right shooter. Alfred Payton's a great passer. He's a decent scorer. He gets guys involved. He's a, he can run the offense. He's not the best all-around scorer. He's not a great shooter. These are guys that need to be addressed, and especially these are, these are the positions that need to be addressed, more importantly, because now the guy that you thought would maybe could slip in as, as being one of your two guards is out for who knows how long with surgery. Reggie Bullock, who you just signed. Now you get him for less money, but that's a guy that could have filled that role, and now the one and the two are, are still a big concern going into next season and for the future. My question is this, why not bring in a guard? I know Kenny Wooten's jumping off the page, literally, jumping off the screen, jumping out of the gym in Summer League. I get that. Why have there been no guards brought in? Why can't they do the same test with a guard? What if Alfred Payton doesn't work out? What if Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't buy in? Someone's got to play that position. There's got to be a plan there. And again, I know there's a no, there's certain amount of max contracts on the roster or certain amount of deals that can be made on the, on the roster. Certain amount of spots. I get it. But I just don't understand. And I, and I get it. There are certain guys that you got to buy in on. That you got to give that opportunity to. That you need to see what they can do. And I get that. But the Knicks still probably don't have the two guards that they need for the future. And I think everyone can agree on that. Here's the problem for me with the point I just made. I had a chance earlier to look through this. I'm going to look through it again here. There are not a lot of options out there right now. There's still a plenty of free agents that are that have not been signed yet. Plenty of them. But a lot of these guys are veteran guys that might not work in this system. I don't think the Knicks are bringing back and I'm just and I'm going to name the ones and the, the the notable ones and the twos. The notable ones and the twos that have not been signed yet. 
in free agency. And there's quite a few, folks. Some familiar faces, by the way. Some familiar faces where you're thinking, oh boy, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Listen. Here are a couple of the guys. You're not going to like the first name on the list. Knicks fans, you're, you're pro- well, maybe some of you will. I don't know. I know I don't. J.R. Smith is still out there. Pause. <laughs> Pause. No. No thanks. 34 years old. No thanks. Tyreek Evans. Nope. No thanks. You can. Nope. I'm good. Iman Shumpert. I don't know. Still young. Really has disappointed the last couple of seasons. Does anyone remember any of the games he played with Houston last year? Any of, did you even know he was with Houston last year? Newsflash. He played with the Rockets last year. Yeah, I didn't think so. 32 years old, Darren Collison. Indiana guard last year. Again, you're getting, you know, you signed some of these veteran guys. But again, I, I think the guys that they're looking for are a little bit younger. Sean Livingston, 34 years old. I, not, not really going to be a guy that's part of the plan. Lance Stevenson wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole, especially in New York. Especially in New York. Imagine him coming back home. Oh, man. Would be a disaster to that locker room. Ray Felton. I already regret mentioning him on the list. Next. Vince Carter. Next. Jamal Crawford. Next. Devin Harris. Next. And my God, I'm not even going to mention the, the, some of these other names on the list. Not even going to mention them. They, they don't worth them. At, they're, they don't, they're not worth mentioning, frankly, on the list. It gets a lot worse from there, folks, in the guard, point guard category. So that's out, right? I mean, let's be honest. That's the problem. That's the problem. The Knicks already missed out on the best guards on the market. And maybe they knew that. Maybe they knew that KD and Kyrie not coming here meant that there's a good chance they're going to miss out on some of their backup opportunities because they waited it out. They waited it out. Could they have been talking to some other people? They maybe maybe they did. I don't know. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't be frustrated. There's got to be another. There's got to be another option or two here. And let's be honest, there might be during the season. And maybe they felt fine with Peyton and Smith at the beginning, seeing if they can battle it out. Who wins the job? Who does great at the start of the season? How long can they last at the position? And then they'll then then if there's a problem that comes up, if someone gets hurt or if someone's not doing the job or if they're not living up to expectations or they're not putting in the work, then they will address it. You got two guys there, but to the people that are really worried that it's just front court guy after front court guy there's nobody out there in free agency left that the Knicks could have signed where you would have been like hey that's a really good signing or hey that makes sense it, there isn't anybody out there and, and I think that the list I just I just gave you kind of sums that up 
I, I, I just don't, anybody else that I didn't name on that list, you either don't know who they are or they're washed up. They're washed up. Spot Rack was my source on that. They usually do a very good job keeping track of that stuff. And to be honest with you, it's sad to say, but I think I named three or four former Knicks on that list. By the way, another one, you want want another former Nick? Jeremy Lin's a free agent. You want Jeremy Lin? Great guy. I don't want him on my team right now. We're trying to rebuild. Jeremy Lin? Come on. There's just not enough out there that the Knicks would be like, yeah, maybe this guy could push Smith and Peyton. I don't know if any of those guys are even going to be in the league in a couple of years, let alone lasting until the next free agent, big free agent signings could possibly come to the Knicks. Some of those guys are done. I wouldn't be shocked if Raymond Felton hangs it up. And to be fair, I'll even take a bashing here. I shouldn't even have mentioned his name. Dude's not worth mentioning. Not worth it. So I could easily see Fisdale, Perry, Mills looking around and being like, you know what? I think we'll stick with what we've got. Is it good enough? No, it's not good enough. Not right now. Not as this, not as it stands right now. Not with the body of work these guys have put in with not only the Knicks, but other organizations. But I think they're fair to say, you know what? I don't know if we can bring anybody else in that would be much better than what we've got. Or that, or that we can sign that will stick around this season. And nobody wants a headache like a Lance Stevenson. That's why he's still not signed. Who the heck wants that guy on their team right now? You're trying to win. You're trying to rebuild. You're trying to develop a culture. Not sure Lance Stevenson checks off any of those boxes anymore. He never. I don't know if he ever checked off the culture box. But he used to check off the talent box. Knicks are smart in this case for the most part, I think. Could they have done better in free agency? Yeah, they could have. They didn't pull it off. That we know of, there were no guards in the backup plan. Kemba Walker was not part of the backup plan. You know, these guys were not part of it. But the Knicks are going to stick to their guns here. See how it plays out with Smith and Peyton. Listen, I already mentioned the pros and the cons. See how it plays out. And this is what it's all about, folks. This is what it's all about. See how it plays out. And then if they're not good enough, get rid of them. That's it. And that's the beauty of the plan. I keep saying it. But this is the time of the year to to really hammer it home. So you guys will know when it's applied in the regular season. Nobody is bigger than the team. Nobody is bigger than the plan. Nobody will get a free pass. If you're not good enough, if you're not putting in the work, barring an injury, you're sticking with the plan. You're in the squad. And that's what it's all about right now for next season. Improving, winning more games, improving the culture more and more, and developing the talent on 
the roster. Speaking of that, before we take a break, actually, you know what? Let's take a break first. Let's take a break first. We'll come back. I'll dive into the USA team stuff because that's a big topic. A big, big topic right now. Take a quick break. Back in a second. PNT podcast. We'll get to the USA stuff next. All right, guys, back at it again. PNT podcast out of the break, firing it off here with the USA basketball talk. Here's what I want to get to. I kind of want to go micro here with the Knicks, but I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to people that really care about USA basketball. So I'm going to do both. I'm going to go micro first, how it affects the Knicks, and then macro what's going on really with the NBA side of this because it matters that they they're they're really they're going hand in hand here. So for those that don't know, and, and if you're if you're a basketball fan, you likely know already what's going on here. If you're not, listen, I'm not going to tell you to pay attention right now to the USA basketball team, but it does matter in my opinion to the NBA and it matters to fans. It should matter to fans. What's going on with this Team USA roster? And I also want to get to the select team in a second because it also affects the Knicks. To a lesser extent, the full NBA, but it does affect the the select team does affect the Knicks for those that don't already know. From Bleacher Report, latest report out, this was a couple of days ago, Julius Randle from the Knicks and Jalen Brown from the Celtics have been added to the Team USA roster. I think Shams had it first. This is worrisome to me. It really is. Again, this is... Forgive me. This is a tough one because as nice as it might be for Julius Randle to be getting an opportunity to, to be on this roster, to show what he's got, to, to play for Greg Popovich, who coaches the USA basketball team. you would One of the benefits of this is that you can learn from not only the coaches that are on the staff, and that, and that is a big plus, because Greg Popovich, who wouldn't want to learn basketball from Greg Popovich? But when you consider who has already dropped out of Team USA, guys, players you could have learned from while you were there, I come to a pause here. James Harden, Eric Gordon, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Bradley Beal, Tobias Harris, even Zion Williamson, a guy that hasn't played a second in the NBA, was asked to play and pulled out. That's a lot, and I, I, and that's not even all the names, I don't think. Kevin Love's already pulled out as well. A number of guys that have been asked have pulled out. They're not going to play. And the goal for this, folks, is they're trying to win the FIBA World Cup, the FIBA Championship, which is happening at the end of August into September. If the United States wins, they automatically qualify for the real competition that matters, which is the Summer Olympics. 
which matters. That's that's really what matters to Americans is that USA basketball wins gold at the Olympics. However, the problem is this this tournament matters because if the US doesn't win it, they have to go through the qualifying process and you got to get these guys back together again. And you might have an even worse squad than you already have right now. And the worst part for me is that, yes, Julius Randle, it's great that he was asked, but I think I can speak for everyone where if Julius Randle's on Team USA, that's a problem. If Jalen Brown's on Team USA, that's a problem. If they're asking J.J. Redick to be on Team USA, that's a huge problem. The best players don't want to play to and represent their country anymore. That's a problem. Now listen, some will say, well, we should win anyway. We should win anyway, even if we don't have our top guys. To a point, you're right. However, when it's getting to the point where we're getting to the third and fourth string, the fifth stringers, guys. Julius Randle and Jalen Brown should not be sniffing the U.S. men's national team for basketball. When one of the one of the only notable names that's being mentioned is Donovan Mitchell, and he's a hell of a player. But if he's one of the best players there, and he's not one of the guys coming off the bench, I'm concerned. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell's good enough to lead our country in the FIBA World Cup. That's a big ask for a guy that's never been to a conference final. He's a young player. Talented, I know, but a young player. This worries me. Now listen, Knicks-wise, I think this is going to be overall great for Julius Randle. Why not learn from Pop? Why not learn from some of these other guys? You know, you network a little bit. Find out what you what you can get better at as a basketball player. Greg Popovich, if he if he does anything, he does a lot well. He knows how to improve guys who are at around the age where Julius Randall is right now, early twenties, teens, early twenties. Greg Popovich is the best in the game at turning these guys into good pros. I I, I see that as a huge plus for Julius Randall. But what I worry about is the macro. Julius Randle should not be on this roster. Jalen Brown should not be on this roster. That's a problem with USA Basketball right now. You're getting a lot of stars that don't want to play. The FIBA World Cup matters. It does matter. Maybe not for America. Maybe not for your for the fans. But it matters to get to the ultimate goal, which is to win the Olympic gold. And that, folks, is a big problem, that guys don't want to step up. Now, it's great to see that Julius Randle is willing to do this. He's willing to get better. He's willing to put in the work. I'm sure David, when he found, I'm sure when David Fisdale found out, he had a huge smile on his face. And that's great. That's great for the Knicks. But in the macro, in the macro, it's not good. There are other things that are bigger than just the Knicks. This is one of them. 
This is bigger than the NBA. This We're talking the Olympics, the world championship here. The real world championship. And we should have the best players playing, and we don't. And to me, you could, you know, listen, you could argue the other way here and say, listen, well, it's, it matters more for the teams. It matters more for the contracts. USA isn't paying them a whole lot, if anything. I'd have to double check on that. And these guys are getting paid tens of millions of dollars, some of them a year, to play for their teams in the NBA. I get it. But it also matters that the USA basketball team is the best in the world Year in and year out, Olympics every time, we should be getting the gold. If the Dream Team taught us anything, if the Redeem Team taught us anything, if the 2012 team taught us anything, and at the last Olympics in 2016, we got it again with a lesser squad, it matters. And it should still matter in 2020 when we go for it again. And this is an early sign, at least to me, that that's not a top priority for these guys anymore. And that's sad to me. Listen, when the Olympics comes by, I'm sure if we get there, we should get there still, even with this team. But I'm sure, likely, a lot of these guys will still want to play. But this, hopefully, is not the beginning of a trend where you're seeing guys that don't want to play for their country. Because that, to me, is a big problem. That, to me, is bigger than just the NBA. It's bigger for basketball. And winning a gold medal matters. It really does. All right, I do want to dive in a little bit more to this situation because I want to dive into the select team as well. Because Mitchell Robinson got named to the USA Basketball Select Team just a day ago which is phenomenal for him. That is phenomenal. He's on a 13-man team coached by a heck of a coach in Jeff Van Gundy. Knicks fans know him well. They're going to train early August at UNLV. A lot of other really young, talented guys made the team. Jared Allen from the Nets. Marvin Bagley III from the Suns. Mikhail Bridges. I'm sorry, Bagley from the Kings. Bridges from the Suns. You look at De'Aaron Fox from the Kings, Landry Shamit from the Clippers, Trey Young from the Hawks, just to name a few, Jonathan Isaac from the Magic, although he's still coming around. And then you throw Mitchell Robinson in there. This is great. It really is huge for, for Robinson's development. He gets to play for a great coach and a guy that does a great job with that U.S. select team. It's very, very huge for Mitchell Robinson that he's already getting this recognition. He's getting the opportunity to play. And this is really just an opportunity to develop, to get better, to be recognized as one of these great players that's that's coming up. Now, the reason I'm being a little bit more light with this one compared to the last one is because they're not playing for anything that I know of. They're not going out there. And this doesn't affect the Olympics. The, the U.S. men's basketball team, that, that stuff does. And that's why that matters a little bit more. But this is not only great for Mitchell Robinson, but this is great for the Knicks, that he's getting this opportunity. And Knicks fans, 
for this specific situation, and really for just specifically talking about Julius Randle's opportunity as well, just forget about the rest of what I said. Those things are important. Getting the opportunity to, to, to be coached by two of the best coaches out there right now, that's really good for development, for confidence, for culture, team building, chemistry, whatever word you want to throw out. I'm really excited that these guys are getting that opportunity. It matters. Now, the good news is that this is early August. Robinson is going to only be gone for a couple of days, and he comes right back into the fold. The, the thing with Randall is that this goes into September. Pretty much in the middle parts of, December, of September, this ends. Then he's got to get geared back up and get ready for the season to get started. Not too worried about that, because I think the experience is is important for him. I just, I guess, I maybe I'm a little old school with this thought, and I could easily see a lot of people disagreeing with it, and I get your disagreements. I really do. For me, though, as someone who grew up, you know, and was part and really rooted hard for the U.S. team back in 2008, that redeemed team with Kobe and LeBron, and you know when Dwight Howard was still good, Jason Kidd, just to name a couple of those guys, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. You know, the best players in the league restored order in the Olympics for the United States and beat a a very good Spain team in the final, in the championship game. A a team that probably is the arguably the best Spanish team they've ever had when the Gasols were both very much in their prime. You know, Rudy Fernandez was a beast back then. You know, Jose Calderon was in his prime. And they were as together as any team in that Olympics, but the U.S. used their talent, their athleticism, and their heart to win gold in an epic... If you have time, if you have time, folks, go on YouTube, type in 2008 Olympic gold medal basketball game, watch the game back. You can watch a good portion of it back. That's why this matters. It matters. And then, you know, 2012, LeBron leads them to gold again. Carmelo was still very much a part of it. Had a huge Olympics. And, of course, they win gold again. They've won the last three golds. It should be four. And the fact that these guys don't want to step to the table to do it is really, really sad. It's about pride in this country. It's about pride really in basketball in this country. Basketball in this country is the reason why so many of these other countries get to do it because we've spread it around. The NBA's done a heck of a job internationally spreading the game to all corners of the earth. But we do have to still remind everybody who's boss every four years. In the NBA, you don't get to do that. There's no bragging rights in that regard on the line. 
in the Olympics, there is. And we need to keep asserting our dominance in basketball in the Olympics. That's the end of the show. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. At SJ7 on Twitter, send me your questions. As always, I'll try to answer them on the show. Comments on postingandtoasting.com, always appreciated. Good or bad, I like hearing from you guys about what your thoughts are on the show, topics you want to hear on the show, and ask me some questions there as well. And I will see you guys next week on the Posting and Toasting Podcast, Friday edition.